So glad to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to get all the bargains. This hour, I want to talk to you about technology, good and bad. I have good in a half hour. I have what, well, you may find creepy bad right now. So, if you at work are on your own personal cell phone and you're doing stuff on it on the company's Wi-Fi, if you work for a mid-size or larger employer, do you know they know exactly what you're doing on your own cell phone? I want to tell you, if you value your privacy, if you have listened to me and gotten on one of these unlimited data plans, and it's your phone, not the company's phone, don't use your phone on the company Wi-Fi, period. <laughs> Keep it on the data of your cell phone carrier. I mean, that's one of the great things about having the unlimited data. And that way you don't have to worry about the prying eyes. But when you're on a company computer, the company knows every last thing you're doing if they choose to do so. I know this sounds really creepy like some movie kind of thing, but your employer, if they're a decent-sized employer, they're using artificial intelligence software that tracks every keystroke you do on the keyboard. You can go to a private encrypted email service. They still know what you're doing on that, at least what you're saying at your end. If you go on Facebook and you say something about another day at work, them hung over, I don't really want to be here, whatever, your employer knows that you're at work kind of clueless because you're hung over. When you are using equipment at work or you're using employer-provided Wi-Fi, do not expect any right to privacy at all. The court rulings are clear as could be that the employer can know all and you know what the big companies this is going to sound really like something like right out of sci-fi so they use this artificial intelligence software that reads everything anybody does on any work computer any work issued cell phone and if there are certain phrases or competitors names or anything that the artificial intelligence software notices. It then kicks it out, and corporate security, a digital corporate security team, reads what you're up to, and next thing you know, you could be giving, getting the heave-ho. And there's stuff you should know from all the diversity training stuff you got at work. Do not engage in looking at inappropriate websites at work. Do not forward different off-color jokes at work use some good common sense and judgment because you're being watched remember it's their company it's their computer it's their technology and they're looking at you
Irwin is with us. I'm here, Clark. Thank you so much for taking my call and for your advice over the years. Certainly. You have a question for me about something that I call junk, uh, universal life insurance. I do. My, my wife and I, we have uh, universal life policies with a major insurer since mid-2003, and I'm looking for some advice on whether it would be worth it to cancel both policies, uh, losing the surrender charges for them, and then reinvesting the remaining cash value in a, a Roth IRA. Very difficult to say, you know, with, with uh, let's say, a whole life policy, a simple whole life policy, once you've been in, as long as you've been in, usually the best guess is you keep it. With a universal life policy or a variable universal life policy, maybe, maybe not, because often they're ticking time bombs that will blow up on you financially and tax-wise. They are one of the worst inventions ever from the life insurance industry. But that's general. We have to drill down to your specific policy. So let me tell you how you do that. Ready? Yes. There is a service that you can hire that for $100 will take your policy and do a full deep analysis on it and let you know whether you should keep it exercise some form of conversion privilege that's in it, or dump it. It is a a very well-spent $100. And I've got a website I'd like to direct you to where you can see how the service works, get the documentation together that they need to run the full evaluation for you, and you'll get a report that'll make it clear as day whether you want to keep, convert, or dump this universal life policy. Great. The web address is evaluatelifeinsurance.org. It's a service of the Consumer Federation of America, which is a consumer group. Okay. And they do it just to protect you from maybe a slick salesperson coming in saying, oh, why do you have that junk? You should get rid of that. This is so much better that kind of pitch? Yeah, it's, it seems like I had spoken with our agent, and he was suggesting to make our policies uh, permanent, is what he said, and he wanted us to speak with one of their financial advisors. Uh-huh. So that before you seems- get involved in any of that mess, this $100 is going to be the truth zone. You never know how much truth there is in the sales zone. I can tell you this $100 takes you fully into the truth zone. Check it out. Again, evaluatelifeinsurance.org. And whenever anybody comes to you pitching you a universal life insurance policy or a variable universal life insurance policy, as friendly as you can be, say thanks, but no thanks. Stacy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Clark. Stacy, you got a new teen driver in the house. I do. Very exciting to have a new team driver. You know, it's miserable and it's also handy at the same time. Yeah. A little independence is very nice. That is true. How can I be of service? So I'm trying to figure out a way to fund my new team driver gas money. Cash seems to get misplaced very easily and I want to ensure that they have 
money when they need it. And do I do a debit card, a gas card with the gas station, or a prepaid card? I like the Bluebird card. Have you ever heard me mention Bluebird? No. Do you have a Walmart anywhere near you? Yes, I do. Okay. So Bluebird is an American Express product that you can buy direct at Bluebird.com or you can go to the Walmart store and get one. It's cheaper if you do it direct with Bluebird.com. In fact, it's free if you do it direct at Bluebird.com. And a Bluebird card is set up that if you follow the procedures, it's a fee-free card. And it's good not just at gas stations. This may be a downside of it. But your, um, I'm sorry, is it your daughter or your son? My son. Your son will be able to use that Bluebird card anywhere American Express is accepted. Yeah, do I have to be an American Express? Do I have to hold a card myself? For you do Express? not. Okay. And how do I put dollars on it? Is it just- Bluebird offers a number of methods for you to add money to the card. You can add money electronically from your checking account to the Bluebird card fee-free. Um, there, there are a number of very simple procedures for using the Bluebird card. There's, uh, do you know how to do the check thing? You know, do you do deposits with your bank where you use your smartphone and you deposit the checks? Yes, over I your, do. All right. Well, that's the same way you can add money to the Bluebird card as well. Oh, that's fantastic. The, um, now, since like, they can use it anywhere, do I get alerts on spending? Can I control you can spending? Set, you can set up alerts on it. It's a very flexible product. And one of the nice things is that you can actually, when you're in a Walmart store, you can add value to the card for free at the register. Great. They've made it a very, very simple platform to give a teenager or a college student the ability to have access to funds and for you to be able to add funds to it without incurring any charges. And what about if it's lost? Well, Bluebird does not have any prepaid card, does not have the same ironclad protections of a credit card, just as a debit card from a bank doesn't have the same protections as a credit card. But American Express has on its own extended some decent protections in the event that a card is lost or stolen. So if you okay. go read Bluebird.com, you'll see why I'm so, I'm so excited about it as a way to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. Wonderful. One of my friends actually thought about having me add them to my credit card. What do you think about that idea? At 16, I'm not excited about that. Okay, I maybe, wouldn't either. <laughs> maybe at 18 or older, I'd be more excited about that. But, you know, you don't want to be in a position where suddenly you open the monthly statement and you can't believe because it's 17 pages long. What was your son doing? <laughs> so the beauty of the Bluebird is when it's out of money, it's out of money. Okay. I like it. And I can easily put money back on so he's never stranded. Exactly. Okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Clark, so much. I greatly appreciate your help. Sure, and I hope the driving is great with your team. Oh, boy. Doug is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Doug, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Clark? Great, thank you. So you got one in college, huh? Well, she's going to start college this fall, and uh, the reason I called 
was to ask some advice on credit cards. She has her own debit card linked to her bank, but we'd like her to have a credit card to use for some expenses as needed or emergencies. And uh, instead of doing my homework, I thought I'd just call your show because it would be easier. And I figured you'd have some good advice on credit cards for college-bound kids. So tell me how mature and responsible your daughter is. Uh, Pretty good. She's 18, valedictorian of her class. That's something I never was. (laughs) (laughs) So she hasn't caused me any grief. Okay. The reason I was asking the maturity question, it's always a tough thing to ask a parent, is that the best answer, if you feel like you can trust her with the freedom of a credit card, is that you make her an authorized user on an account that you have. Okay. And that will help her start to establish a credit identity. When she turns 21, she'll be able to get credit cards on her own. As long as she's a full-time college student, they waive all the normal requirements and just issue her a card. And this way, you will be at risk for what she charges, which is why you've got to set down clear ground rules. But that would be the best way for you to be able to let her charge purchases that you'd like her to at school. Okay. And she'd be establishing her own credit even though she'd be still on our account? That is a great question. It depends on the issuer with authorized user status. Some issuers report you pretty much like a holder of an account for credit purposes. And so that could be of use for her in establishing a credit identity. Okay, well, that was part of our desire is that she would would be able to establish her own credit identity. So, Well, the laws were changed. There were uh, banks set up all over the place at Orientation Week signing people up for college credit cards. And right. now they have to wait till someone has had his or her 21st birthday. So for now, you can issue her uh, authorized user card with one of your existing accounts and then in 36 months or whenever her 21st birthday is, that's when she can get her own card or cards. And my recommendation for anyone who's a full-time college student when you turn 21 is to get two major credit cards as part of establishing credit for when you've graduated from school. Right now we're turning to your questions you posted at ClarkHoward.com. We call it Ask Clark. Joel, who do we have an Ask Clark from? Clark, we got one from Taddy. He says, are you still running your house on solar power? And if so, do you have a recommendation for finding an installation company? Yes. I love having solar. And we have what's called a solar farm where we have it on a hillside. We added to it recently. We added 40% more capacity because the cost of panels have dropped so much. And I'm all in on solar can't wait till the battery packs are where I can completely degrid, disconnect from the Monopoly Power Company. As far as picking a solar company, I have I have never had like a checklist of things you should look for and do to hire a solar company, solar installation company, like I've had for other things. I guess that's something I should look into and see if I can come up with a way to do that because the number of people installing solar in the United States is roughly doubling every 12 months. So I'll work on that. I'll see if I can come up with something. In the meantime, you would do it like um, you would do many other trades, and that is find the local or state 
uh, Solar Power Association in your state, and there should be a membership list, and get quotes for installation from that list. Look on Yelp, see what people are saying about a company that you're getting a quote from that you're thinking of using. In other words, just basic shoe leather on your part, until and unless I can find up with a find a better procedure for you to ferret out who would be a good company and how you'd go about finding a good company to install solar. But I can tell you the payback cycle on installing solar at a home has gotten steadily better as the cost of panels and installation has dropped and dropped and dropped. I'm glad to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show where you learn ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Follow me at facebook.com slash clarkhoward, our main website, clark.com. So... Have you ever been through this experience? It's having a problem with a phone company. And it just wasn't getting resolved in call after call. Every time I'd call, I'd have to go through that automated attendant to try to get to a human, to the point where you're screaming at the phone to try to get to a human. And then I'd have to tell the whole story all over again from the very get-go as I went through my saga, infuriating. And do you know that it doesn't have to be that way? There's a company that doesn't deal with the public, that only deals with other companies, called Gladly. And there are some smart people in the world. They have come up with the technology that if you post something on a social media site, you send an email, you call in, whatever, everything's fully integrated. Uh, they, One of their clients is JetBlue, and JetBlue's rolling this out more and more integrated in their system. But let's say uh, something went wrong and your bag's missing or something, and you call in, and the person answers the phone, and they may have to ask you a question or two to identify you. They may already know from your frequent flyer number whatever and they'll say oh you calling about your bag you haven't said anything yet because if there's already any existing trail electronically they already know even if you send a text message and then you call they know as it circles around and hooks all your communications from all different sources together. So I can think of how many different companies do we deal with that engage in customer no service that this is just phenomenal, fantastic for you. And the way I look at stuff like this is that a company that makes it impossible for me to talk to a human is a company that no matter how much they tell me they value my business, they're lying. A company that says they value my business, but the time on hold is going to be 12 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. That's a company that's lying again. They don't care about me. But companies that really do care about me, when the chips are down, they're there. And they're there to serve me. And 
I think it's just completely commonsensical that a company that gives the people you deal with the authority to solve problems and has enough people on hand to serve customers, that's a company that I want to do business with. Jonathan joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Jonathan, you are a new dad. Yes, we're, we're loving the new son. And how old's your son? He is five months old. And I understand that he's already ready to enter elementary school, that he's exhibiting such levels of brilliance at five months. <laughs> well, he's got a lot of his mom in him. Well, that's great. So she's a genius too, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, how can I be of service to you with your five-month-old? We want to go ahead and set up his college savings plan, but I'm 47 years old and probably three to five years away from a full retirement, and he'll I'll be 65 when he heads off to college, and I'm wondering if it's better to go ahead and start a 529 plan because I had heard that a Roth IRA in my situation might be better since it will allow more, more flexibility when we pull money out and I'm 65. You are not just partially correct, you are 100% correct. Okay. So for you, as a dad at 47, you are best served without doubt by funding college for him with a Roth. It means that money, the beauty is, if it means the money ultimately doesn't need to be used for college whatever happens in your life later there's other ways to pay for school your son gets a scholarship doesn't want to go whatever then the money is still there growing tax-free to be spent tax-free in retirement but because Roth money can be used for any purpose tax-free in retirement you would be free to pull that money out and pay for college so it gives you far more flexibility than doing the 529. Do you know what's ironic about your question? What? Whenever somebody calls to ask me about a Roth, I mean a 529, I always steer them to a Roth if they're not saving in a Roth or the maximum in a Roth before they put the first dollar in a 529 account. You were just a step ahead of me, and you have the ideal, perfect reason why the Roth comes first. Can okay. I ask how old your wife is? 42. So at 42, for her as well, it's great for her to do a Roth and for okay. you to have both Roth accounts so that that gives even more flexibility. So okay, great. So whatever you were thinking of contributing to one, how much money are you in a position to afford to put into a Roth each year? Oh, uh, we should be able to max it out. Yeah, but what is it, fifty five hundred at the moment? Fifty five hundred. So you would do fifty five hundred each. It would give you more than enough money to pay for your son's college, and at the same time, would help improve retirement security for both of you well down the road. Oh well, that's awesome. That's great to hear. And by the way, you have made so many listeners jealous as could be that you have lived your life in a way that you're going to be able to retire at age 50. Uh, yeah. So yeah. you should feel great about that as well. And congratulations to you again on your young son. B. Joy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you? I'm doing good, Mr. Howard. How are you? Oh, good. But please call me Clark. 
All right, all right, Clark. Uh, doing good, doing good. How are you? Great, thank you. How can I serve you? I uh, had a question, sir. I am wanting to establish a new business, and what I want to do is to get an 800 number, a toll-free number from my customer who would be calling into that number. And what I want is that number to ring to a call center in India who will be answering that call. How do I go about doing it? Wow. Gosh, that sounds like a good argument for something like UMA. You ever heard of UMA, O-O-M-A? Yes. Yes, sir, I have. UMA offers uh, toll-free service, and because everything goes over the Internet, that might be a really good choice because I've recommended their 800 number service for people stateside before because it's really, really inexpensive and low risk. It's 10 bucks a month. And then you end up paying roughly 1.2 cents a minute for the inbound calling. And I don't know any reason why that wouldn't work anywhere in the world. I see. So who will be providing me with this 800 number? Do UMA. I have to call? UMA. Okay. com. Okay. And, and you go to their business services. They've got consumer or residential, and then they have business. And I would inquire with them because... They are the best deal I know for inbound 800, and I can't think of a reason why those calls couldn't route to India. Understood. All right. All right. So do I have but, to find But that's why I'd ask them to find that out. Okay. Okay. I think I will then do that and then see whether I can do that. I thank you so much. For sure, and good luck call. with your business. You know, it's funny because... Long-distance, toll-free numbers, inbound 800, still remains so expensive compared to outbound calling. But compared to what that was for 800 numbers 20 years ago, it's still nothing at one point something cents per minute. Follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Our web address, clark.com. When you got a question for me, go clark.com slash ask. Franny's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Franny. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Franny. How can I serve you? Well, my husband and I have recently retired, and we want to live our dream of buying a condo on the coast. We own our home outright, and we've narrowed it down to the building on the coast. There's nothing currently available in it, but when there is, we want to be able to jump on it. The only thing is we have some cash, but not necessarily enough to pay for the condo. So how can we leverage our paid-off home to go ahead and buy the condo and then sell the home? That is a good question and has a fairly expensive answer. (laughs) Well, I tried the uh, home equity line of credit. How did you know that's what I was going to (laughs) recommend? They uh, won't give us a big enough line because our income being that we're retired and our home is paid for, our income shows as very low. And how much is the condo likely to be? It's going to be about $180,000, I'm Wow, that's very interesting that the lender would not do a home equity line. How much equity do you have in your home? Well, our home is worth approximately the same. Oh, yeah, that so, they're not going to do. But they're, they're offering us like 60000 only. Okay. Which, 
because of the low income, but I mean, it's only low because we don't need to draw any more from like say a 401k, then we have virtually no bills now. But you know, even as a, if you look at this practically, the most you'd probably be able to borrow would be somewhere around 140 anyway. Right. Well, as I said, we have some cash and we could swing that, but these people aren't even close to 140. So I was wondering if I've heard of bridge loans. I don't know if they are still in existence. Yeah, but very expensive money. Okay. So if you're looking for the best answer, was this a, the people you went to that offered you the puny home equity line of credit, was it a small local bank or credit union or was it? No, it was a fairly large bank. It's That's the problem. Go, here's what I want you to do. Go to where you live right now. There's probably a handful of small local banks. There would certainly be, you're in Florida, right? Yes. Tons of credit unions. Well, we just recently joined a credit union thanks to you recommending it. Have you been in to talk to a loan officer at the credit union? Uh, briefly, but they mentioned closing points of like 1% and up. Which well, that's I why I said it was going to be expensive. Expensive. Yeah, that this what you're trying to do is going to be an expensive adventure. Okay. Now, there's no such thing as taking a temporary loan from like a 401k and paying it off in the Well, months, it, there the would be if you were not retired. <laughs> So well, you're, sorry, you're I'm not in, giving that up. <laughs> so I'm thinking as we're talking, I'm trying to think of a strategy that works because normally what I would say in, in a situation like this is that you wait till you've sold your home until you buy the condo would be by far the easiest answer. But you're telling me that the units are so scarce, so rarely come available exactly. that you can't take that chance. Right. So I would I would do the credit union thing or a small local bank. Then just eat the expenses. Just eat the expenses. Because you're talking about, let's say they charge you um, one and a half points, let's say. Right. So that's going to cost you 2000 something dollars for the amount you're going to borrow. Okay. And that would be money well spent if the alternative is you're going to miss the opportunity to buy the place you really have your heart set and dream set on living in. Okay, now, how about one of the big, big national banks? Would Forget they them. First? They're Forget never going to, they do not, in their DNA, have any ability to be flexible in an unusual situation. You know, you, you're doing what has often been referred to as a mezzanine loan kind of transaction. You have an unusual situation that even a loan officer, a small local bank, may have a better answer than anything you and I have talked about and that's why I want you to go see them and the credit union. Sean is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Sean. How you doing, Clark? Thanks cool. for taking my call. Great. I'm doing great, Sean, and I hope you are. Yes. I got a question. I uh, hoping maybe you could answer it for me. All right. I have a thrift savings plan account, and I also have a Roth IRA as well as an employer 401k. I'm putting up to the six percent if i put in six percent into my 401k my employer will match at 50 cents so i did that like you suggest and then i i'm funding my roth to max out my roth for the year you are a savings maniac sean (laughs) where did you get the inspiration to be such a saver well i I try 
I try. Sometimes I love it, it. Sometimes I have a problem with my wife over that. But uh, <laughs> my question, Clark, is: Is um, do you think a Roth IRA is a better place to put money versus the TSP? So, um, so but, you you said you have a four hundred one k. So you now, you have two jobs. One is a federal job. No, no, and, no. My my TSP. I, I'm retired from the military. Thank you for um, your service. Ago. You're welcome. And and but I left some money in there because I've been listening to you for a long time, and you said leave the money there. But the TSP will allow you to roll money into your account from an old employer four hundred one k or from a traditional IRA. So what I was doing, what I was doing until I opened up my Roth was that I was taking any extra money that I could come up with after my 6% into my 401k from my regular civilian job getting the match. I was taking money out of my savings account, making contributions into my traditional IRA, and then when it gets in there, rolling it into the TSP. Wow. I I am so impressed with the strategy is just phenomenal. I would say it's more work than you need to do. Let's not drive your wife crazy. <laughs> so if, you, right. if you're if you doing the Roth IRA and you're doing it to the max, anything right. else you do, you should be funding a spousal Roth. So your wife has Roth money in her name. Yes, she has one. All right, is she and maxing that? Yes, she All is. Wow. So you're doing... Two Roths yeah, to the max. You're doing yeah, doing yeah. the money both, in the four hundred one k. Yeah. So you you are doing everything so well that just keep doing what you're doing, minus going through the complications of putting money across into the TSP. You're already doing so much. If you want to do anything else, increase the amount you're contributing to the four hundred one k with your current employer. Because that would be the keep it simple rule there, even though it won't be as low cost as the TSP you have from having served our country. Thank you. But just do those things. Keep going as you're going. And the two of you are going to have fantastic financial security for the rest of your lives. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you tuning in to The Clark Howard Show. And if you'd like more fun stuff to listen to by podcast, well, we have our Empowerment Zone. This is where you get to hear the stories of people that have done amazing things, either in overcoming hardship in their lives or things they've done to accomplish. Go to clark.com slash empowermentzone. Zone.